It is so good to be with you today. I am so glad that you are joining us. And I, I so appreciate the fact that you're online, but if you're in the geographical area of Grand Blanc, Heartland, or anything in between in the Northwest suburbs of Detroit, we would love to have you come and join us personally in person because personal community inspires and it just makes our spirits come alive. We're continuing our series better, uh, a series on the Holy Spirit, a series on God. And if you've only caught one or two of the messages or maybe even you haven't caught any of them because you're just zeroing in right now, I would so encourage you to go to grumlaw.com messages and catch up with what we've been presenting. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit who is a person in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's a person like Jesus. He has emotions. He has a soul. We can grieve him. We can please him. He's one who assists us. He gives us words to say when we don't know what to speak. He prays for us when we cannot think of what to pray for. And by the way, he may be unfamiliar, and we're going to delve into that a little bit more today, but he's not weird. As we heard a couple weeks ago, people who have presented the Holy Spirit as weird, they'd be weird anyway, whether they had the Holy Spirit or they didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can guide our lives in so many ways. Many, many years ago, I've shared this story a couple of times, but it bears repeating. I remember back when I was in college, I was going to go to a ball game with my dad. And we were going to eat dinner with my mom before that. And there was something being prodded in me, prompted in me. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to express it or share it with my dad. And so we're eating dinner and he says, hey, we probably need to hurry up a little bit because we need to get down to the game. And, and I said, dad, I don't know how to tell you this right now, but um, I don't know that I can go to the game today because I think God's leading me to go out to a camp. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And with that look, I said, dad, I, I understand what you're feeling because I don't even know if I know what I just said to you or what I'm talking about. But I just feel I need to obey. And my, I could see that my dad was disappointed and rightfully so. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I didn't even know what was going on. So I got in my vehicle, I drove out to this camp, and as I pulled into the parking lot, I'm not kidding you, I saw a guy that I knew running across the lawn, and I don't even know why I did this, but I jumped out of my car, I have one leg in, I've got one leg out, and I just yelled his name, hey, Rich! And he looks at me and starts running towards me, and as he's running towards me, he goes, what are you doing here right now? And I went, I don't know. And he said, our speaker just canceled. Would you be willing to speak? And I thought, ah, oh, let me pray about it. No, just kidding. God works in that way. And today we're going to talk about the power of God in our lives. In fact, we called this week Untapped Power. And I'd like to put a subtitle in there, Don't Miss Out. And I want to say, 
in the most personal way that I can say it. God has something specific to share with you today. And with that, uh, I, I, I just want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. I want to pray for us and that we'll be open. Dear Jesus, uh, I just pray that we would be open to you today. Who's ever hearing this? For those who don't know you as their Lord and Savior, may they open their heart, their minds, their lives to you today. For those who have just stepped over the line of faith and this walk with you is new, may they, in fact, make it a priority to spend time with you, praying and reading your word and reflecting and waiting on you, sometimes just listening. For those people who would call themselves Christians and they've been a Christian for a long time, but they're not all in, I pray, Lord, that you would erase any hesitation today. And for those people who are fully committed May they never get to the point that they're boxing you in and they've got it all figured out and may they be open to what your spirit, the power of that spirit, is going to do and say today. I pray this in the resurrected name of Jesus. Amen. So today, we're going to take a fresh look at what it means to be a follower of Jesus by identifying several significant, powerful Holy Spirit moments. When I say significant, I mean unforgettable. Powerful, supernatural, not of this world. Holy Spirit, God, not me, not you. And here at Grumlaw, uh, with everything that we present online from the stage, any principles that we share, philosophy, or for that matter, our worldview, it always comes from the Word of God. And so right now, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that's found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 6, 1 to 2 says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in understanding. Surely we don't need to start again, notice third time that again is referenced, with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, uh, highlight that word baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. What the author is saying here is this. We, we need to stop just rehashing. It's understood that salvation only comes through Christ. It's not our good deeds that give us special merit so we win favor with God. Baptism is necessary as an act of obedience of saying, I understand who Jesus is. We have spiritual gifts. What are those gifts? We identify those and we're excited about developing them to further the kingdom of God. And what makes all of this possible is because Jesus Christ has rose from the dead. He's been resurrected. He conquered death. And as a result of that, we can be assured of eternal life. He's saying here this. Let's stop just drinking the milk and being on the pacifier, and let's get to Whole Foods. 
Now, a lot of this that I just said is basic understanding to a Christian, to a follower of Jesus. But for those of you who aren't there yet, we always say this, you can belong before you believe and it's part of the process. But what I just shared and I said, highlight that word baptisms, notice that this is something that is often overlooked and it's significant to fully understanding who God is and how he wants to use our life. Let me explain it this way with another verse. Acts 2, 38 to 39 says this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. I said I was going to share several significant, powerful Holy Spirit moments, or you could even say they're action steps that we take. That first Holy Spirit moment is repent. Repent of your sins and turn to God. Repentance isn't, oh, I'm sorry and continuing to live the life that I want to live. No, repentance is a 180 and it's getting out of Dodge going in the opposite direction. To illustrate it in other ways, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, for the kind of sorrow God wants, God wants us to experience leads us away from sin, the 180, and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But the sorrow, a few little tears, sorry for a moment, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Ultimately, when we die, it would be eternal separation from God. When we repent, of our sins, turn away from a lifestyle that is in an opposite direction of God's plan, we experience new life. It's a Nicodemus moment. Who's Nicodemus? Nicodemus was this guy like the Supreme Court of religious leaders. And he came to Jesus because he saw something in Jesus and he said, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you need to be born again. It freaked Nicodemus out. Born again? How can I be physically born? That isn't what Jesus was talking about. He was talking to somebody who had been physically born, but he's saying you have to be spiritually born to enter the kingdom of God. This is a significant, powerful, Holy Spirit moment in the life of anyone who has repented of their sin, and sees that they cannot function fully in this life without being connected to the creator of the universe. I remember specifically where it happened with me. I can't give you the date, but I can tell you this. Where I was seated in that church, where I was in the row and on the aisle, and when that pastor said, would you like to repent of your sins, restore your relationship with God, I'm telling you, I was up, I was down, taken into a hallway, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I'll never forget being with one of the guys that I do life with. We're in a life group together. 
Mark and his wife sat in my office before they were facing the biggest mountain of their life. He had been diagnosed with cancer, and it was not looking good. And I asked Mark, if this goes south, are you ready to meet God? And I want to tell you, his eyes got as big as a deer in headlights. And I explained to him what it meant to know Jesus and that Jesus would forgive him. And that night when Mark went home, he repented. He asked for forgiveness. And he said, God, whatever happens, I want to be prepared to meet you. And it's been years, and he's been cancer-free. But that was the beginning of him being changed forever. That is a significant, powerful, Holy Spirit moment. Another Holy Spirit moment that we read about is be baptized. It's a repeated message throughout the Gospels. Believe and be baptized. It's not optional. Jesus commanded it. Just before he left this earth, he said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that when, you're, when we baptize here, we just don't say you're baptized. We just don't say in the name of Jesus. No, we say literally we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Bring the Godhead in its fullness, bringing God himself on your presence. When we're baptized, it's an act of obedience. And I, I don't want to get in anybody's face right now. I don't want to come on too strong, but it is unconscionable to me that people who have been Christians are still using the card because of other religions. I was baptized as a child, which they had nothing to do with it. Jesus was baptized as an adult. And you know what my prayer is? My prayer is, is that so many will literally hear this today, obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit, that we're going to have to have another baptism service soon because of the number of you who will say, I understand that I need to do this. Why do I need to do it? To identify with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The death, the fact that my sins have been taken care of, the burial that I'm leaving the old life and I'm starting with the new life, the resurrection that I have the power to live victoriously and there has to be no addiction, there has to be no sin, there has to be no poor attitude that overtakes me. What about the video that we saw today from Casey, a transformed life because baptism is an outward expression of an inward change and conviction. You know, we've been in, really now with Grumlaw, Grand Blank, we've been in four different locations, but when we started this church, we started in a middle school, then we went to an old high school, and now we're in this incredible building, and we were doing an Easter back when we were at the middle school and we had some people come in from out of town for that and it was an incredible Easter and during those services we, we had a baptism and one of my good friends who had come from out of town, he was driving home with his mom, they were in another city north of here, uh, the mother said, I know Jesus but I've never publicly declared my faith. She said, I want to be baptized. Baptized. 
do you think Terry would baptize me? And they called me. I said, I'll baptize you, but this isn't something we're doing in private. This is a celebration. And they happened to live on a pond just outside their house, and they invited family, and they invited friends, and I had the privilege to baptize that woman because she wanted to be obedient. You can't move to the third significant, powerful Holy Spirit moment without repenting, and responding in obedience in baptism. The next Holy Spirit moment, it said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the third active verb that we read in Acts 2, 38 to 39. Repent and be baptized. And this is often missed, overlooked, not tapped. Let's go to Acts 19, 1 through 5. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions. Paul, you know, that guy that had been transformed, who used to persecute the church. He's traveling through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found, notice, notice this, several believers. He asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He just asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? And you know what's been happening during this series here? Some people have gone, I've never heard the emphasis on the Holy Spirit like this before. And maybe we're in error for not presenting it because I've assumed a lot of things. They replied, We've, we got the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. What does this mean? We're presenting that there's something beyond just saying, I believe in Jesus and now I'm going to live my life. Look what it says in Acts 1, 4 through 5. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them. Jesus is eating with, hey, the disciples had had an encounter with Jesus. They had seen the resurrected, uh, resurrected Lord. But he said, we emphasized this last week. That's why we say, if you've missed it, go back to the messages. Do not leave Jeru Jerusalem until the Father sends you, what? The gift. Notice, have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? The gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is this. Don't leave. Do not under any circumstances try this on your own. Striving to live this life in our strength creates faith frustration. Frustration faith. It creates emotional constipation. And some of you are going, why did you use that word? Because I want it to be seen that there's so many people who call themselves Christians who are just, mm, it, it, it's like breathe, relax in Christ. Living an abundant, purposeful life is only possible by committing to God's power. And throughout this entire series, you can sense it in the auditorium. You can sense it when we talk with people. 
and it involves being open. Surrender. One week, we ask people to open their hands. You could sense that some people are uncomfortable. No, no, just open your hands, surrender, obey, and let go. In that life group that I told you about, and by the way, this week, we encourage you to get in a group. It changes your life. I've seen seven guys' life changed where Jesus and the Holy Spirit isn't part of their life. He is their life. The book of Acts talks about how the church progresses, how the church advances, how the church matures. Look what it says in Acts 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter, that one who messed up a lot of times, but he got things right, and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. How can that happen to you? Lord, I'm all in. I don't want you to be just my Savior. In order for me to navigate this life, I need you. Using the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Father, I'll obey you. You have words of truth. You have words of wisdom. Jesus, the Son, you're my example. You're my inspiration. You're my mentor. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come over me. Your strength, not mine. Walking in the Spirit, being baptized in the Spirit, if you'll know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit because it becomes repulsive to do or say anything that is contrary to God's will. This past week, I um, wanted to make a point with someone. I made my point. And immediately, I went, I did not handle that right. I wasn't with that individual anymore, and I just prayed that in the next couple of days, I would see this guy again. And he happens to be a guy who's out in the community, doesn't even attend our church. And the Lord gave me that opportunity two days later. And I just went up to the guy and I said, hey, can we start over? The way I approached you, I didn't like it at all. In fact, I didn't even ask your name. That was very rude on my part. And I'm asking if you'll forgive me. I, I, I don't know if this guy knows Jesus or not. It doesn't matter. He gave me a fist punch. I'm getting to know that guy now. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, this isn't just talking about alcohol here. It's talking about anything that fills our life, that will ruin our life, that isn't causing us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let anything fill your life that causes you to compromise 
what Christ intended. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come over me. Be beside me, be over me, be in me. Now that's not possible. If we're going to skip the repenting and the water baptism. And here's a quote that I'd like to give to you. We should not be concerned with how much of the Holy Spirit we have, but rather how much of us the Holy Spirit has. Are you all in? With, without being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we limit our effectiveness and are only partially equipped to live a life. In fact, we set ourselves up to mess up and miss opportunities more often than not. Luke 24, 49 says this, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power, power from heaven, power from God. When you have that power, you have the power to share your faith. You don't fear what people will think or say because it's not you doing it, it's God's doing it. You have the power to forgive. And you have the power literally to speak truth with love. You know those disciples? They deserted Jesus. They saw the resurrected Lord, but what compelled them to go and all of them to literally be crucified upside down, beheaded, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why and how they carried out the mission of Jesus and all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. Our mission is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. And with the power of God, then we can love our neighbor as ourselves. And what Jesus was saying to his own disciples, don't go out and try this on your own. So guys, don't try to fight porn on your own. You're going to fail. For those who are right now mismanaging your time and you spend way too much time on social media, when that could be a time of enhancing your walk with Jesus, you won't do that on your own. Maybe you have a mediocre marriage or maybe you're into the materialism maze and you don't even realize it. When you're filled and baptized in the Spirit, you will know that. Jesus wants you to live an abundant, purpose-filled life. But it's got to be on His terms not your terms. Do you know what one of the names of the Holy Spirit means? It means the breath of the Almighty. Where does that come from? It comes from actually Job 33. Never forget that we were fearfully and wonderfully made for the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. He's the life-giving breath of God. He's the source of life from God. He's the one through Christ who connects us to 
the triune God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God. In the Bible, wind, spirit, breath, all of them have similar origins from the Hebrew and the Greek. The Holy Spirit is flowing. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving air, and he's saying, you don't have to inhale what culture is giving you and then, because if that's what's taking place, that's what we're exhaling. Inhale and exhale. The breath of God versus culture's confetti. Confetti gets swept up and pushed away. But that's impossible to live a righteous, supernatural, on-mission life without the Holy Spirit. Acts 13, 52. And this is my prayer for you. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they had repented. Let me ask you some questions. Have you, have you repented? I mean that, that first significant Holy Spirit powerful moment. Have you asked Christ to come into your life? And by the way, repentance isn't something we do just once. Trust me, I'm a professional at Repenting. Have you been baptized? Believer baptism? I hope literally we get inundated with people saying, I'm in. When's the next time? And we have to move up the date. And if you have been baptized, are you praying that you're one? That one that you're so concerned about that you go out to lunch with them. You present Jesus whenever you can. You pray for them. Are you praying that your one will repent and be baptized? And if you've repented and are repenting and you've been baptized, have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit and have you said, Holy Spirit, I totally, unequivocally surrender and turn my life over to you. Fill me. I remember years ago I was uh, on a mission trip in Mexico and we were building homes and we were building a church and the church, we were building it because a widow on very low income just kept stashing money, stashing money, stashing money, stashing money. And when she was literally on her deathbed, she asked her family to get something under her. God, I can hardly tell this story. She... She had saved this money to build a church, and we were building it. We were putting in the foundation, and I noticed confusion and chaos a little bit, and I went over to the translator, and I said, what's going on? Oh, I don't know, really. I said, what's going on? Just speak the truth. They said, oh, they said there could maybe be like a bomb threat here tomorrow when you bring the kids back. This was a teenage mission trip. And we went back that night and brought all the leaders together and we said, uh, there's been a bomb threat. By the way, we didn't call anybody at home, any parents. And we prayed. And I mean, we prayed. God give us wisdom. And after we prayed, I think there were about 18, 19 people in this circle. Leaders from different youth groups. Me as a speaker, the head of the organization that brought us in. And we went around and we said, what do we do? And 18 to 19 people went just like this. 
thumbs up. We're going in tomorrow. God will protect us. It's not possible on our own strength. How do you get everybody in the group to go thumbs up? We're going in. God wants to work like that in your life.